0: Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Hey, that is a great opportunity for us as a church to provide for families and kids in our community. Um, I was noticing last week, like, we have hopes, high hopes, right, of maybe 500 kids, maybe 1,000 kids. Like, wouldn't it be great, you know, for them to parade through and and for us to be a blessing? The issue is we only have three cars so far. Can, can, can you picture that? Yeah. And so I just want to encourage you. Maybe you've been thinking about it, but you haven't actually taken the step yet. For these kinds of things, um, sometimes you get a very large, like, folks who show up like a group of folks who show up and so we want to be ready and we want to make sure that uh we are we are ready and so crossbridge.church if you'll go there right on that front page you can find a link so i saw some people ca- carrying in candy tonight we are collecting that too but we need some trunks as well or tailgates or whatever you have so anyway thank you hey um i just want to say what no matter where you're listening from whether you're in peru or online um or right here, I'm, I'm thankful for you, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to share. Uh, we're in this series, and, and we're looking at a story, if you have a Bible, in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 starts at verse 22, and it's the story that many of you, if you've been around the church, you'll know it. It's the story where Jesus walks on water, right? Many of you familiar with that story? Yep. And, and it's, it's, it's a powerful story. I, I will say this. Uh, you know, th- this is, if, I, if I'm just authentic, um, I, I told myself before I walked up here, be authentic, not raw. Authentic, not raw. You know what I'm talking about? And, and so, um, but if I'm authentic, here's what I, I would say to you. Uh, like, th- this passage, um, I think it's just as much for me as it is for you. As I was, you know, it's been, I I had it put in the the planner for a while, but when I got to it this week, it really matched where I was living, and it matched with what I needed. In fact, I show up at the church on Thursdays, and about 4.30, I preach through the message for the week. Um, We do that just in case something with the live stream goes down. uh, We have a backup plan, but the, the other side of that is it gives me a chance to go through it once. And, um, and the honest truth was I showed up Thursday and I didn't really feel like doing it. And I really just wanted to cancel and, and just say, hey, I'll just do it Saturday, it'll be fine. Let's just trust that everything's gonna work. But it was interesting as I, as I preached through it, it became very aware to me when I pulled out of here that it really probably wasn't for anybody but me. And, and to be reminded of what that passage says and to apply it to my own life. And, um, and, and, and before I go any further, I, I want to pray for us um, as we gather in. I pray for those at Peru, those online and here. And I'd love for you just to bow your head. My, my question to you would be this. As your heads are bowed, that how many of you would say that as I have gathered to worship at this moment, And already what I've experienced in this service, what I needed was the presence of Jesus. I I just, you can raise your hands. Yeah, I just needed to sense that he was here, that he understands where I live, he understands what's going on in my life, and he promises to be present. You're in the right place. Father, I thank you that sometimes, Lord, your presence, uh, it has to be enough. That, Lord, there are times where uh, I know in my own life the outside circumstance doesn't change, the, the heartache, the struggle, whatever it may be, it, it doesn't change. But, Lord, there is something about your presence that when it brings in peace, that you have a way of ushering in peace like no other. And, God, when that happens, we just say thank you because it is your peace that sustains us. It's your peace that reminds us at the end of the day that all will be okay. That, God, you are big enough and able to walk with us and be with us, and that is enough. God, I give you thanks in Jesus' name, amen. All right. um, Just a question. Can you hear me still fine? I feel like I sound different. Uh, If I need to shift, I can shift. Sherry has a mic here. Just let me know if you want me to shift. Um, So let's look at it. Let's dive in. Matthew chapter 14. And here's what it says, right? Like, I want to paint the picture. Last week, Pastor Mark Fuller was here and he shared with us and he shared the story. of, of him and the disciples feeding 5,000 people. A pretty cool story, right? In fact, if you weren't here, if you missed it, I would encourage you to go back and to listen, crossbridge.church. Um, Pastor Mark is a great man and uh, a man of God, and, and I just that sermon was a powerful sermon. And, and it's interesting because in this, right here, in this spot in Scripture, in Matthew chapter 14, what you have is right before this story, You have the story of Jesus Jesus feeding the 5,000. And and I love how it starts because basically, um, what Jesus does is he insists on his disciples. They've just finished feeding everyone. Picture like everybody's full. They've they've gathered all the leftovers, as we talked about last week. And the disciples get back in the boat, right? Here's what he says He says to them basically, go ahead and go. Go ahead and go. I'm going to clean up here. I'll greet people on the way out. I've got this. You guys go ahead and go. I picture it like how pastors stand at the door sometimes, maybe in smaller churches specifically, and they're greeting everyone. Like, like Jesus like, hey, thanks for coming. Glad you had some fish, right? Hope you enjoyed the fish and the bread. Thanks for coming, right? I picture him doing that. And the disciples, he's like, hey, you're done. Thank you so much. Get out of here, right? Go. When this is over, though, here's what's interesting. When, when it's all said and done and everyone is left, to look and see what Jesus does. It says in verse 23, it says this, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Now, I, I love this. I love this part, And um, but before I dive in, I, I want you to, will you participate with me online? Will you participate with me? Peru, participate with me? Here we go. I want everybody to stand. Okay? I want everybody to stand. Here's what I want you to think about. Okay? Now, if, if when I get to like your question, your answer, you can sit if it's you. All right. So let's start with the first group. I want you to think about your gas tanks. Okay? Think about your gas tank. How many of you would say when your gas tank hits half empty, right? When it gets down to half, you're like, I, I want to go fill it. If that's you, go ahead and sit. Oh, look. We got some folks in here pretty, like, yeah, that's, I like, I like that, right? Okay, now stay standing. How many of you would say, like, the line for you is quarter of a tank? When it's quarter of a tank, you're saying, I need to get some gas. Okay, we're weeding them out. Good. Good. All right. How many of you would say, you know, there's a built-in mechanism, right, in your car, most of your cars, there's a built-in mechanism that the light comes on. And when the light comes on, for you, it's like, yep, that's it. Get gas. Go ahead. Sit down. That's what I was kind of thinking. The final question would be, how many of you like to see how many more little trips you can get with the light on, right? Perfect. Yes, you all may be seated. Yeah. Isn't it interesting, right? I, I, um, I'm probably more of a light on. And once that light comes on, my anxiety begins to build, right? But here's the thing. Most of us are aware of how much gas is in our tank. I think most of you pay attention. And if you don't, you need to start, right? Most of us are aware of that. And here's what I think is interesting, right? Here's the question. Would, Would you say that you are just as aware of your spiritual tank as you are your gas tank? I think that's a really important question. That you're just as aware of your, the level, you know, are you a quarter, like almost empty, right? Is the light on? Are you full? Where is your spiritual tank when it comes to being full of Jesus or saying, man, I'm in a hard, hard place, right? I feel completely disconnected. And, and here's what I tell you, like that is, a, that a you have to monitor that. That is important. And here's what I love about this story. That you, you, you think about it. Jesus has just left a place where everyone got filled up with food. I, I'll tell you, I don't miss many meals. Most of you don't either. I mean, not that I'm picking on you, but I'm saying you don't, right? You, you know. You know breakfast, lunch, dinner, maybe bedtime snack. But like, man, when, when that little alarm goes off, right, you go and you put something in. But, but here's what's interesting, right? Like, Here's what I love about Jesus. He's just left. Everyone is filled up on food. Everyone is absolutely full. And and so physically, like, everyone's been filled. But then what's the next step for Jesus? He slides away to be with his heavenly Father. See, my guess is, as Jesus was there and he was performing that miracle and he was standing on the hillside and everybody's walking away and he's greeting them, he's saying, thanks for coming, good to see you, great to see you, see you next week, right? Next week is shrimp, shrimp and tacos, right? I don't know, right? But, but I, I have a feeling of this. I have a feeling that Jesus was probably tired after this, that in some way the people probably had taken something out of his tank, and and not to mention all the things he's done before this, right? That that there's this moment where he's like, oh like everybody had fish and everybody had bread and everybody was here and now they're all gone. Disciples, go ahead and go. Like I don't want you around either, go. And then he goes up into the hills by himself. I love that picture. I love that picture, and it's a reminder: if Jesus needed to go to the hills, how much more do I need to go to the hills? How much more do you need to go to the hills? Because here's, here's this, the bottom line. Like, this world will take and, and empty your spiritual tank very quickly. And it's important that we refill. It's why I say, I mean, I don't want you just to gather in this place because I love to see you. I mean, there's some truth to that. I love to see you. But, but I want you to gather in this place because you are hungry to be spiritually filled. That you want more of Jesus, and you come to get your tank filled so when you go back out. But, but here's sometimes the issue, too. See, I don't know about you, but, like, when I come in here on a Sunday, like, just a couple weeks ago, I was on a staycation, which means I just stayed at home for a week. And what do you do, right, right now? So I stayed at home for a week, did projects. And on that Sunday, I walked in more like right on the buzzer when church was starting, and I just sat back there in the back row with my mask on, and I felt like one of you. And I just worshiped, and I listened Pastor John was preaching, and I was like, I could listen to this guy every week. But, but I'll also say this, in the midst of that, I, I was like, I, I need something, right? Fill me up. But I also know this, the one-time fill-up from Sunday to Sunday, my tank, it just, I don't get that kind of mileage. My tank empties, right? It empties. And so here's what, here's what you also have to do. You have to slide off to the hills by yourself. You have to slide off to your bedroom by yourself. You have to slide off to the back porch by yourself. You have to get in the car and drive by yourself. You have to go to the bathroom and shut the door and lock it so the kids get in. I, I don't care what you have to do. You have to get by yourself. Because those are also the places in which our spiritual tanks are filled. The other thing that I know, and Pastor Sherry will talk to you about it later too, is one of the things that fills our tank is community. It's why we talk to you about choose community because relationships, like you have people in your life, I'm guessing, who encourage you and who pray for you and who challenge you and they fill your tank. And one of the things that we've noticed around the church is that in this time where relationships have been thinner than normal, when we've been more distanced than normal from each other, that there's many folks who are saying, I am like my tank is on empty And, and you need... You need to be filled. So I would encourage you to take whatever step you need. As we continue on, it says, you know, he tells the disciples to go, right? They go, they get in the boat, they're making their way across the lake. And all of a sudden, it says in Scripture that the disciples were in trouble, that they were far away from land and they were in trouble because a strong storm had come up. And when it had come up, so did the waves. And they found themselves in a very difficult spot. And here's what it says in verse 25. And this stuck out to me this week. It says, about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. Now, just, just, just catch this. Pastor John spoke about this a couple weeks ago when I was sitting right back there. And it was such a great reminder. I think we could be reminded every single week. It says, at about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them. You know what it says there? The disciples were in trouble. I mean, I'm picturing like, have you ever been on a lake when a storm kicks in? It's scary. They're in trouble. And here's the picture that Jesus moves towards his people when they are in trouble. Jesus moves towards his people when the waves are high. Jesus moves towards his people when the storm has kicked up in their life. See, it's really easy. I don't know why, but I think in our own, like, our little brains, like, when things get rough, oftentimes what we think is, like, Jesus is gone. Jesus is up on a hillside, and he has no idea what's happening in the midst of my ways. Or we think, this is way too messy. Like, Jesus isn't, like, I'm sure when I get out of this, I can get reunited with Jesus. But right now, Jesus like, I'm, I'm probably pretty taxing on Jesus. And I'm just going to tell you. It's just as Pastor John said it a couple weeks ago. He moves towards you. He's not fearful of your mess. He's not fearful of your storm. There is nothing too overwhelming. He moves towards you. What a blessing. What an incredible truth about who God is. That there's not any kind of storm that he shies away from. See, and then I love this picture, right? Where it says... um, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, now they weren't just like, hey, there's Jesus. They were terrified. Like that, that was a trick they hadn't seen yet. And here comes Jesus walking on the water, and it says they were so terrified they thought they saw a ghost. And then Jesus spoke to them, and here's what he said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. In fact, here's, he says, take courage. Why? Why can they take courage in the middle of a storm when he's, I mean, because he's doing a water walking trick? He says, take courage, and the next line is, I am here. Here's what he's saying. So how we started this, right, when I prayed for you. The, the difference, what, what, I mean, this, the big difference maker is his presence on the scene. When he moves towards us and he shows up and, and he's here, and we recognize that it's him, it makes the difference. I was thinking about just our staff. I'm so thankful for them. And um, I was thinking, though, about how, like, every one of our staff are just, they're, they're gifted differently. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about the fact that, uh, you know, I have a certain set of gifts, but I'm thankful to be surrounded by this group of people who all have different gifts that when they are with me, they make me better. I was thinking about the fact that if I'm, if I'm going to a funeral, if I'm going to console grieving people, I'm taking Pastor Sherry. I'm taking her. She's, she's better in that than I am, right? And I'm taking her. And I want her to be with me, right? If, if, I'm, um, if I'm teaching a class on something like the Trinity, and I've got a bunch of people in there who know nothing about church, and I'm teaching about the Trinity, I'm taking Pastor John. He's one of the best teachers I know. I'm taking him, and I'm just going to be quiet, and I'm going to let him teach. If I'm going to the high school to work with high school students, I'm going to sit in the car and I'm going to take Harold, right? If I'm going and I'm going to preach somewhere and I know there's got to be music, I'm not taking John. <laughs> I'm taking Phil, right? Or even I thought of this. If I'm, if I'm going into some kind of circumstance where I'm with people who are struggling with addictions, I'm taking Pastor Tricia and Pastor Brian. And I'm not saying anything. I'm just letting them do their thing. See, it's all about the company that we keep that makes the difference. It's all about who we walk with. It's all about who is with us in that moment. But I will tell you this, if I'm in the middle of a storm and I'm fearful of drowning and the waves are so high and it's smacking me in the face and I just don't think I can navigate life, I'm going with Jesus. His presence makes the difference. In fact, here's, here's what it says. Now, I, I love this, right? Take courage, I'm here. Now, let's, this, this, this next part, right? This is, this is, I think, kind of an interesting piece. We see Peter. It says, then Peter called him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me you, you know, to come walking on the water, right? And, and I love that. I mean, Peter, you you got to gotta think about all these disciples. You know, I think they're all probably huddled behind each other. Some are laying on the bottom of the boat. They're scared to death. Right, Not only of the waves, but now of the ghosts walking on the water. And Peter's the one who speaks up. Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come. And Jesus says, yeah, come on. And so Peter went over the side of the boat. He stepped over the side of the boat, and he put his foot on the water. Now, it's interesting to me. Like It wasn't like like there were six disciples that stood up, and they were like, okay, let's all do it together. Right? No, no, this wasn't like water ballet all together. One. One stepped up. Peter stepped up, and, and, and you know the truth is, I think Peter was probably, he was probably more impulsive than the rest. He was probably the first one to raise his hand. He probably wasn't given as much thought as everybody else was. But I also thought this, there's so many times I read this story, and, and we know we kind of know the story. Maybe you don't. but Peter, he steps out on the water, he starts walking towards Jesus. And when he saw how strong the wind and the waves were and the waves slapped him in the face, he was terrified and it says he began to sink. And so he shouted out, save me, Lord. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him and said, you have so little faith, why did you doubt me? Now, when I've I've read that story over and over, I think we tend to look at Peter and it'd it'd be easy for us to be hard on Peter. He was impulsive you know, like, I mean, he stepped out, but he sank, right? He, like, he had, like, rock feet, right? He, he's the one who had little faith. Let me tell you something. He's the only one who stepped out of the boat. I, I don't think we should give Peter a hard time. I think we should say, Peter's the guy. I mean, nobody else is stepping out of the boat. Nobody else is attempting the water-walking trick. Nobody else is trying to move towards Jesus in that moment to meet him. Peter is the guy. And, and one of the things that, it, that I've been thinking about, even this week, as I read that passage, and I thought to myself, I think there's many times, and, and sure, he gets corrected. Jesus teaches him something. You have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? But, but I, I just believe this too, that many of us, we will never experience what God has for us Unless we're willing to put our foot outside the boat. Unless you're willing to sink like a lead weight. See, our, our, when we take a step of faith, we're not guaranteed that we're just going to run across the water, right? Like Jesus does. We're not guaranteed it's going to work out. We're not guaranteed it's going to have a fabulous ending. We're not guaranteed that Jesus is going to be like, yes, I'm so proud of you. Like you did all that right. Right? But what it is, is it's a journey, and it's a real journey. It's a real journey, I think, where sometimes we get it right and sometimes we don't. But I'm going to tell you, I want to bet on the fact of having faith and taking a step, and if I get it wrong, and if I fail, and I will, and I have, and so have you, then we'll get back up and we will learn from it, and the next time it'll be a little easier to do it again. But I believe the value, the value is in taking the steps, and trusting him that he will meet us in those steps. It goes on to say, when they climbed back in the boat, the wind stopped. Now, that had to be pretty incredible. I mean, the water walking thing, I'm sure, it was incredible. But also, picture this you just picture when they all got in the boat. That that Peter's climbing back in, you know, he's wet and and probably embarrassed and he's probably like, oh, I tried, right? Jesus gets in the boat, and all of a sudden, I I picture it like going like glass. And them going, wow. Like that that was pretty cool, right? The things I think I've been reminded of even this week, and I was thinking about it when I walked up here, you know, um, he does make the difference. I can tell you in my own life, um, when I think about the waves and I think about the storm, and I think about um, sometimes feeling like I'm not very secure in the boat. <laughs> that, that when there's stuff going on in my life and I'm like, I don't know how it's going to end up. Sometimes I feel like the boat could go down. But, but, but here's what I've experienced. In fact, I experienced it this week when I stepped in this place and I preached this sermon to an empty room for the sake of recording it. And when I was done, I went home that evening and the, the storm that I was feeling hadn't changed. Nothing about it had. The waves were just as high. The water was just as cold. It was just as much of a mess as it was when it started. But here was the difference. The difference was that Jesus had given me peace, that He had calmed, He had calmed the storm inside of me as the waves were still raging outside of me. You know, that's pretty miraculous. It's pretty miraculous when Jesus can do a work in us and he can settle us when there's really no logical reason to be settled. The only reason that we're settled is because he's in the boat, because he moves towards us in our situation, and we know his presence makes the difference. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I've done the best I can. I've sensed you really helping me in this moment to talk about a story that I think has real implications for each of us. A story that tells us so many things about you. It tells us what kind of relationship you had with your father, that it was valuable, and that you would slide away just to be alone with him. It tells us what kind of relationships you had with your disciples, that you cared for them in the midst of their storm, and that you made your way toward them. It tells us that what kind of relationship you even desire with us as individuals when you call Peter to take a step because you want him to learn what it looks like to walk by faith, even when it doesn't work out like he hopes. And then God, I, I think all of those disciples, it was very, very clear that that evening that when you set your foot in their boat, that the waves ceased. And the storm stopped. And God, your peace, you, you describe it in your Bible as is a peace that goes beyond understanding. God, your your peace really is miraculous. It's incredible when you, can just, when you can just speak the word, when your presence on the scene changes us from the inside out. God, I pray that for our folks listening online. I pray that for our folks in Peru. I pray that for our folks right here in the room. And I believe that just as you did in this story, you can do it in their story. I ask for that. I ask it right now, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.